Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. In our last episode, we heard about Joan of Arc and her incredible adventure to save the country of France. She was a normal farm girl with a deep love for God and a skilled horseback rider. When she was 13, St. Michael the Archangel began to visit her and deliver messages from God. For years, she lived a simple life and devoted her life to prayer, until the day she was sent to lead France to victory in the midst of war. Now, where did we leave off? Oh, right, she was on her way to Prince Charles. It was the winter of 1428, and Joan, Paul, and Henri were on the last part of their treacherous voyage. They had run out of food and water and were so weak it was all they could do to simply take each heavy step through the snow. They traveled by night to stay safe, and dawn was quickly approaching. We have to keep moving. The sun's almost up, and we're not safe here. The Burgundians are everywhere, and if they see us, they'll kill us on the spot. Don't worry. I know we'll make it to Prince Charles. Uh, you have great faith, Joan. I wish I felt the same assurance as you. Ugh, but I wouldn't give for some fresh bread. Or water. The three trudged on through the snow for what seemed like an eternity. Just when they thought they couldn't go any further, Joan spotted the top of the majestic castle of Chinon in the distance. Oh, look! We made it! Henri! Paul! Do you see it? The castle! Oh, thank you, St. Michael, for guiding us! Oh, thank goodness! Ooh, hey, Joan! Since you're such good friends with St. Michael, how about you ask him for some food? I'm sure they'll have food at the castle, Paul. We're nearly there, come on! They'll have food at the castle. But the real question is, how are we gonna get in? As Joan, Henri, and Paul climbed up the final hill, the prince waited anxiously in a high tower. Joan had sent him a message that she was on her way to Chinon to discuss an urgent matter. The prince wasn't the only one waiting for Joan. News of the peasant girl from Domremy had quickly spread all across France. You see, there was an old legend that a young girl would be the one to save France. So everyone wondered, could this be the fulfillment of the old wives' tale? But Prince Charles doubted that Joan was telling the truth and made a plan to trick her. He would disguise himself as one of the noblemen and have one of his noblemen act and dress like him. If Joan was truly sent by God, she would be able to find him in the crowd of hundreds. Meanwhile, Joan, Paul, and Henri reached the castle gates. I can't believe we made it. We did it. Now, all I have to do is convince Prince Charles to let me lead an army which I've never done. Should be easy enough, right? State your name, young lad. Why are you here? 
My name is Joan, and I am here to speak with the Dauphin, Prince Charles. So, you are the Joan everyone has been talking about. Well, you're in luck. He has agreed to see you. Come this way. The castle was even more incredible than Joan could have ever imagined. She was led through cavernous rooms, filled from the floor to the ceiling with gold, stained glass, and sparkling diamonds. She brushed the dirt from her tunic and stood tall. She felt out of place and nervous, but she was determined as ever. At last, they reached the doors to the great hall, and Joan heard the murmur of hundreds of noblemen and women. She took a deep breath and opened the doors. At once, the bustling room stood still. Down a long red aisle in front of Joan sat the prince, dressed in all of his finest attire, with a small crown of gold on his head. Joan began to walk towards him, when suddenly the voice of St. Margaret made her stop in her tracks. Joan, the man ahead of you is not the prince. Do not be fooled. Follow my lead. Joan trusted in the voice and let it lead her through the crowd of dismayed men and women dressed in silk and velvet. Excuse me, pardon me, coming through. Wow, I love your dress. Oh, sorry, on a mission from God, gotta find the prince. Finally, she came to a man dressed in the everyday clothes of a nobleman. He wore a hat that shielded his face, but Joan knew that this was Prince Charles. She felt it from deep within her heart. The prince slowly lifted his head and fixed his gaze on Joan. The room was silent, all eyes on the two of them. Then, Joan bowed deeply before him. Your Majesty, I guess I'm not the only one in disguise, am I? I... I don't understand. How did you know it was me? I didn't. The saints guided me. Prince Charles, my name is Joan, and I have come all the way from Dom Remy on a mission from God. You are the rightful heir to the throne and must be crowned as king. It's up to me to lead your army to victory against the English. God's will is that all of the suffering and bloodshed from this war end once and for all. I have been praying for someone to help save my country, but I never expected that someone to be you. Trust me, neither did I. Well, before we discuss anything further, you need some food, water, and rest. You look exhausted. Oh, thank you, Prince Charles. And please, can you provide food for the two brave soldiers who helped me get here? Of course. Joan, Paul, and Henri were each given the most delicious food they had ever tasted. Hearty chicken soup, fresh bread, hot tea that warmed them all the way to their frozen toes, and even a piece of apple pie for dessert. That night, Joan said her prayers and collapsed in bed, too exhausted to even dream. Over the course of the next two weeks, the prince and his court brought Joan in for questioning. They believed she had been sent by God, but they couldn't imagine sending a 17-year-old girl into battle. Things were at a standstill until early one morning when the prince received an urgent message. Your Majesty, urgent message from the captain. The city of Orleans has been captured by the English. The people of the city are trapped. Oh no, this is bad. This is very bad. If we don't save Orléans, there's no hope for France. 
It's the last stronghold before Shino. Well, I suppose this is the chance Joan has been waiting for. Joan was thrilled to finally be going into battle as God intended. If she could free the city of Orléans, this would prove to the prince that he could trust her. Word was sent for Joan and her army to leave the next morning at dawn. She was given a suit of armor and had a banner painted with Christ at the center. And though Blue wasn't trained, Joan was insistent that he would bring her into battle. She couldn't imagine fighting without him by her side. All that was left was a sword, and St. Catherine had a special one in mind. But before she could get the sword, Joan had one more task. She approached the squire to ask for help. Excuse me, Mr. Squire? Would you be able to write a message for me? Why don't you write it yourself? I don't know how. Oh, very well. What do you want it to say? Please have it say, Put down your weapons and retreat. We don't want anyone to die. Leave France immediately so this horrible war can end. You're sending a warning to the English? My, my, you really are full of surprises, aren't you? The next morning, Joan and her army left on horseback for battle. Thousands of soldiers followed her lead through the French countryside. They wanted to believe in her, but didn't know if they could trust a 17-year-old girl who had never been to war. When they were just 10 miles from the castle, Joan suddenly stopped in the town of Fierbois. She hopped off Blue and went running into the church. The army of confused soldiers came to a halt, clumsily bumping into each other. What's going on? Why are we stopping? Move on, men. Captain, Joan is insisting that we stop at this random church. Why on earth are we stopping here? I'm the captain of this army, and I'm the one to make the call. This is nonsense. The captain stormed into the church in a rage, and to his shock, found Joan kneeling beneath the altar, digging in the dirt. Well, now I've seen everything. It has to be here. What are you doing? You can't dig a hole beneath the altar. I must fight uh, with this uh, sword. Out of the cold ground, Joan drew forth the most beautiful sword they had ever seen. It was adorned in jewels, five gold crosses, and looked brand new as it sparkled in the sunlight that came streaming in from the church window. Pretty. Well, now I've seen everything. Well, that's a first. Okay, now can we go? Yes, Captain. Now we can go. Soon enough, Joan and her army reached a valley just outside the city of Orléans. It was the perfect place to set up camp, with the safety of a hill and the clear view of Orléans. The soldiers began to unload their weapons and armor to prepare for battle. While everyone was distracted, Joan and Blue slipped away and rode towards the city to deliver her message. Once she was within range, Joan attached her letter to an arrow and using her bow, launched it into the wall of the castle. She watched and waited, praying that the English would heed her warning but in return, she only heard jeers and laughter from the soldiers. Now, she had no choice but to fight and to win. 
she hopped on Blue and rode under the cover of the woods around the city of Orléans. She eyed the city walls and made a plan before heading back to camp. Captain, I need to talk to you. The English have the city surrounded and all of them have bow and arrows. Where have you been? Gathering information for battle. Now we need a plan. I have a plan. We'll ride fast to avoid the arrows and knock down a wall to get in. The walls are stone and they're too high. That's not going to work. You've never fought in a battle. How can you possibly know what we'll need? God has entrusted me with this task. Why can't you? She has a point. Remember the shiny sword. Silence! You must listen to me, please. (sighs) Very well. What is your plan? The east side of the castle only has a handful of soldiers from what I could see, so we'll attack from there. The only chance we have to get over the wall is by mounting ladders, climbing up and attacking. They'll never see it coming. That sounds crazy. But it just might work. It will. Trust me. You leave me no choice. Begin to prepare your army for battle. For some reason, they're all looking to you, Joan. I won't let them down. Joan put on her armor and saddled up Blue, making sure to mount her banner so all would see it flying in the wind and know Christ was with them. She felt strong and courageous Even though she had never fought in a battle, she knew the saints were with her. Before joining the rest of her army, Joan knelt in the dirt and prayed for God to bless her sword. God, I know this sword from Fierbois is miraculous, but I'm asking for another miracle. Please, don't let anyone die when I strike with it. Only let them retreat and help their wounds to heal. Joan got on blue and galloped to the front of the line of the thousand soldiers. She knew they could defeat the English, but when she looked at the faces of her army, she only saw fear and despair. All battles are first won or lost in the mind. Have courage! She tried to think of the right words to inspire them, when out of the crowd came a familiar voice. You think just because you can chase down some sheep you can fight the English? Joan froze, and a smile crept across her face as she turned to see her brother, Pierre. As soon as he heard about the fall of Orléans, he left home to fight alongside his sister. I know I can chase down the English, Pierre. What are you doing here? You expect me to sit at home and let you have all the fun? Not this time. Men, now is the time to be strong, to be brave. Aren't you afraid? I am not afraid. I was born to do this. Follow my lead! For God! And for France! Attack! Joan's army rode into battle with determination and bravery. Even though they were scared, they chose to act bravely and trust God working through Joan. Arrows began to whiz down around them, taking men down as they went. They rode on, faster than before. Once they reached the walls of the city, they began to mount the ladders. The English had never seen anything like this, 
and were taken aback by the dozens of men suddenly climbing up towards them. They attacked with swords and arrows. Keep going! We must get over this wall! And men, have your swords ready! It is time to fight! Joan was the first over the wall, and with an agility and strength she had never known, she took down each English soldier one by one, her sword shining in the sunlight. She was relentless and would stop for nothing until the city was freed. Her sword struck no Englishmen, but it made them scatter as it glimmered and sparkled. The French soldiers felt inspired and fearless as they watched Joan and fought harder than they ever had. They knew that God was on their side. The battle waged on, many were killed, but the French didn't give up. They continued to climb ladders and invade the city. Soon, they outnumbered the English and their enemies became afraid and began to retreat. Joan continued to lead the way, taking down each English soldier with ease until suddenly, an arrow shot through the air and struck Joan right in the shoulder, knocking her to the ground. Ah! No! Joan! I'm all right. Keep fighting, Pierre. Joan lay in the mud, unable to move as blood poured from her wound. She had never known pain like this and felt as though things were moving in slow motion around her. She tried to stand, but didn't have the strength and fell to the ground again. The noise of the battle faded away and she was unable to move. She forced herself to look up and saw English soldiers running towards her, their swords held high in the air. Joan squinted her eyes tightly and prayed for a miracle. Just as she thought all hope was lost, she heard the sound of Blue's hooves galloping in front of the soldiers, knocking them to the ground. Perfect timing, Blue. Now let's finish what we came here to do and win this battle. And that's just what they did. The French fought valiantly and claimed victory, freeing the city. Wounded and weary, Joan and her army marched proudly back to Chinon, where a cheering crowd greeted them. The news of Joan's heroic acts had spread quickly, and they began to call her the Maid of Orléans. After a few days of rest and recovery, Joan met with the prince. Joan, the country of France is forever indebted to you. How can I ever thank you? The war isn't over yet, Prince Charles. There are many battles to be won. Your people need a leader, and it's time that you are crowned king. Joan, in order to be coronated in Rems, we would have to cross enemy territory. I will get you there safely. If you say it is God's will, then I will follow wherever you lead. You have earned my trust. So, just as the saints had asked, Joan brought the prince to Rem. She and Blue led the way in front of a small army that came along to protect the prince. Any enemies they encountered quickly retreated once they saw Joan's strength and determination. Eventually, the English were so afraid that they cleared the way as Joan came through, not daring to even try fighting her. They made it safely to Rem, and Prince Charles stood before the French royal court. He put his hand on the Bible and swore the oath to be king. Do you swear? to honor and protect the nation of France. I do, 
I promise to uphold the faith and rule this kingdom with mercy and justice for as long as I live. Joan looked on with tears in her eyes. She was sure the war would end soon. The French people felt a strong sense of hope knowing that Joan was fighting to win. It wasn't long before Joan was back in battle. Word was sent that the English had overtaken Paris, and without hesitating, Joan went to join the fight. She rode blue to Paris through busy cobblestone streets and quiet farms. When she arrived, it was clear that it was going to take a miracle to save the city. The French were outnumbered, and what's worse, they were beginning to despair. But as soon as they saw Joan, they felt hope within them again. Look! She came to save us! Do not give up! France is ours! Joan fought with all her might and saved the city of France. She took off her helmet and walked out onto a bridge to watch the sun set over the saved city. She sighed in relief and exhaustion and leaned up against the side of the bridge. Her hair was long again and fell around her shoulders. Somehow, despite fighting in war, she had become even more beautiful over the past year. It was a peaceful moment for her, but it was gone as soon as it came. Before she had a chance to draw her sword, Joan heard the sound of men approaching. She was surrounded by the English on either side of the bridge. Joan tried to run, but was captured and placed in prison. For months, Joan sat in her cell, cold and starving. Each day, they dragged her out for questioning, trying to make her deny the saints and the messages she had been given. But, as I'm sure you know by now, Joan's faith was strong. I grow tired of your lies. If you do not confess, you will be killed. I have only told you the truth. The saints would never choose a peasant girl to save France. Do you wish to die? One life is all we have, and we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are, and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. More terrible than dying young. On May 30th, 1431, Joan was burned at the stake. She had someone hold high a crucifix so she could see it through the flames. She died a martyr, which means she died for her faith. She was only 19 years old. Soon after, the French won the war once and for all. Everyone knew they never could have done it without Joan. Joan's legacy has lived on for centuries as the brave young girl who would do anything for Christ. She was made a saint in 1920 and is revered all over the world as a woman of great faith and courage. Joan is the patron saint of France and her feast day is celebrated on May 30th. Most of us aren't called to fight in battles like Joan, but there are little battles we can fight for the Lord. What are battles that you have to fight every day? Maybe it's standing up for your faith or doing the right thing even when it's hard and scary. Joan always had the saints to guide her, 
And now that she's a saint, she's there to guide us. Thank you so much for listening to Saints Alive. All of us are given courageous hearts to follow God's will and live a life of holiness. We are all made to be saints, and striving for this is the greatest adventure of a lifetime. If you liked this podcast, check out our website for resources, discussion questions, and more. And make sure to subscribe and follow along on social media and let us know what you think. We have loved creating this podcast, and we need your help to keep it going. Check out our Patreon page at www.saintsalivepodcast.com for ways to donate to keep this podcast running. Thank you so much for your support.